Welcome to Align Your Practice, an exploration of the seamless relationship between the business of chiropractic and the future of natural health care. Join us as we engage with an array of talent, from seasoned experts to passionate new entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Esposito. Welcome to another episode of Align Your Practice. This is Dr. Joe Esposito. I'm excited today uh, for our talk about creating chiropractic opportunity. For those of you who just graduated or have been either in your own practice or employed in a, uh, in a clinic, uh, we're going to break that down a little bit. I have a, a guest today, Dr. Brian Dahmer, who is a second-generation chiropractor. And we had a conversation about six months ago, and it was just kindred spirits. I just love the way he spoke about this awesome profession, what he's doing for our profession, and how he's supporting chiropractors. So, Doc, thanks for coming on. Hey, glad to be here, Joe. So let's start on letting the guests know, you know, a little bit of your background, um, and then we'll we'll break down a little about the chiropractic opportunities that we have in the profession. Sure. Yeah. You know, my father's a chiropractor, graduated from Sherman College in 1981. I've been around it, you know, all my life. And uh, I went to Palmer in Davenport, Iowa, and just always had a strong passion to help people. And, you know, I knew that I would be good uh, just seeing all the miracles and things that happened in clinic and even in my own home when my father used to bring people home on a Sunday afternoon and I had to carry them in and then they would walk out. Uh, but, it, you know, I just I, I had a drive and wanted to help as many people. And and as we grew, I knew that. Uh, you know, I, I actually uh, bought one of my father's practices out of the town that I lived and, you know, we turned it around and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, from 30 people a week, we're, we're seeing over 300 a week. And um, I had the opportunity to hire, you know, my first associate right out of Palmer, Florida. Uh, Palmer, Florida wasn't even in existence when I graduated in 04. And we started to build a team. And then I was like, man, I want to go practice where I live. I go to church there. My kids go to school there. What would it be like to open a clinic, you know, where I live? And, and that's where it all started, you know, with our journey. Um, now, fast forward, we have six clinics. We have nine, uh, you know, chiropractors. And from that moment back in 2006, when Dr. Patel joined our group, I have had a single associate leave our office. Um, you know, we've let a few go, you know, two or three that just weren't a good fit and didn't have that same drive to, to want to grow. But um, we just created an incredible team environment where docs can thrive that are just true caregivers and want to be the best doctor they can. And they're getting paid really well, you know, working four days a week, being able to spend time with their families and just love to collaborate. And they see the growth in the future. You know, I, I love that, uh, and that's what attracted me to bring you on to the podcast is you've never had an employed chiropractor lead your organization. And that gives testament to what I'm seeing in the profession. 25 years ago, I think most people took a job as a stepping stone to open a clinic, and 99% end up opening their clinic. Now what we're seeing is about 30 to 50% of the profession suffering because Running a business is not the same as being a doctor. We don't see a lot of surgeons saying, oh, I wish I opened this hospital. They want to be a surgeon. They want to serve people in their profession. So the expectation that every chiropractor has to run a business is destructive 
to this profession because not everyone's wired for business and we shouldn't expect that. So part of me, Doc, is I want to edify the, the practitioner. I want to edify the people that in the art of chiropractic that are delivering and serving and helping people live better lives because that's what this is all about. If you don't have the knack for business now in this or in this stage of chiropractic, there are amazing opportunities for you to be a caregiver, deliver amazing care. And, and Dr. Brian uh, hats off to uh, his organization and, and not having ever have a doctor leave. So what do you attribute to a difference? And you know what I mean by the stereotype where we, uh, they say chiropractors ate their young. There was no salary. You couldn't stay even if you wanted to, because you couldn't feed your family. What, what do you think shifted now these days, like your clinics, there are strong opportunities. In Align Life, we have opportunities for doctors coming in. They could either be employed or they can buy a franchise and run their own business. Whatever the risk and reward they want and how they're wired is where we'll let them go. But what do you think the changes, whether it be your business or this profession that's allowing caregivers to have a prosperous, abundant life as a caregiver. What are your thoughts? You know, I think that number one, when you, you come out of school, because I actually just hired two docs out of Palmer in Iowa. They were actually in the same class, and, and I didn't mean for that to happen. Interviewed completely separate. I think I did 32 interviews before landing on both of them, and they just joined uh, two months ago. And the collaboration and the friendly competition that they have is just so much fun. Um, and they're complete opposite personalities. You know what I mean? One is really into sports. He just did 75 days hard. He's in the gym. He loves taking care of athletes, uh, you know, and he comes from a family of contractors. And, and the other is just incredibly intelligent, more of a teacher, a great listener, um, you know, acupuncture certified, used to be a massage therapist. So different backgrounds. And what happens when patients come in? You know, we'll have grand rounds where we put clinical uh, cases up and everybody kind of comments on, you know, what's going on, how they would be treated, the care plan they would set up. And when you have uh, several minds and people in the same room collaborating, the patient wins because they get just better care. It's elevated. Um, new techniques and new uh, equipment that we're constantly adding to the office. So it's never antiquated. Um, it's always cutting edge. You know, we have digital x-ray in all our clinics. Everything's paperless. Um, if a patient comes in, their information is over all six clinics. And so, you know, a lot of doctors, when they're coming out of school, they don't want to stumble and try to figure out in 10 years what they could learn in two years. And so... And we, we say, listen, if, if, you know, you want to launch and you want to go somewhere and, and open up, that's perfect. But a lot of the docs, when they get in it, it's not just uh, about the resources that, that are there as the group, but also they're having fun and they can go on vacation. And we have other docs that they know, like, and trust covering their patients. So they don't have to come back to double the work and, oh my gosh, this person fell off their care plan or I got you know, uh, my my new patients are stacked on top of me and I can't even enjoy coming back from my vacation because I have all this work. And so it's already taken care of and, and we're helping each other that way. We pay well. And, and I think I always put myself in their shoes because we know as chiropractors, it can be exhausting physically, mentally, emotionally. You know, you come in and you know, the patient wants to know how long, how much, and can you help me? And uh, maybe they're a little irritable because they're in pain and it's our job to 
uh, you know, have the skin of a rhino and soul of an angel, right? And and just kind of um, turn them around. And and once we get that first result and they're feeling better, then we know that uh, they're gonna, you know, stay, pay, refer, and then move on to that that wellness that we all strive for. And and that is our our final valuable product for all our associate doctors is to be able to take someone as a new patient through a care plan, get them out of pain, um, and then get them to wellness and renew on wellness to maintain their health. And that's the stat that I look for in any associate coming on. So um, you said a couple of things. So one of the things that provides the environment is, and I'm thinking of doctors <clears throat> that are listening, that are looking to hire their first doc, their first doctor converting from just having a job to building a business by employing doctors. So there'd be people listening and trying to mine your, our conversation for what do I need to prepare for? So one of it is a fun atmosphere. That's pretty important. And you mentioned that because I like that myself. I create an environment where people like, at the end of the day, they're more lit up than when they came in. They had so much fun. They, uh, they miss the team when they go on vacation. Like that's the energy you want to create for the doctors that you hire. The second thing you said is they don't have to deal with a lot of the minutia of a practice. They got coverage. So you're making the opportunity more seamless and less stressful. So they have fun. They don't have to do a lot of the detailed work and they get to focus more on their, 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 uh, their craft. Any other um, advice for the doctor that's about to hire their first employed Cairo. Those are two good pieces. Anything else that you would say, guys, build this or set it up this way? Or, You know, I would just say have a strong benefits package, have a strong, you know, salary. Don't be afraid of that. And make sure you write down your plan. I mean, when you hire a doc, obviously, uh, you know, if you're doing things right, they should be in the black in 90 days. And so you need to have a plan for that. Um, and, you know, what are you going to do that's going to bring value to the practice once this associate is taking on the patients? Maybe you're seeing yourself or um, or maybe you're just trying to add. Um, I, I think that it's important to have uh, regular meetings with your associate doc, even when they're, uh, you know, um, you know, trained and, and they're just, uh, you know, on the go. I meet with all the docs once a month. Um, we have different clinical excellence goals. I pay for their continuing education, um, you know, pay for their malpractice, do retirement, have a strong benefits package that way. I had one doc that I even did a, um, a life insurance policy with, and this is kind of a unique plan. And, um, you know, he wants to be an owner in the future. And I saw just a, a great uh, talent in him and knew he's going to be really good. So it's over 10 years and I put $10,000 in this policy each year. Um, if something happens to him, uh, he chooses a beneficiary and, and has a, a half a million dollars to go to whoever he wants. Um, if he leaves before the 10 years, it just comes back to our company and we would start over. But if he finishes, he gets $100,000 cash at the end to do whatever he wants with. You know, and of course, I'm hoping that he invests in the uh, practice and, and buys it. Um, uh, and if not, if he just stays on, wants him to be a part of the group, then he's got a great bonus that he can do whatever he wants with. And so, you know, he was really excited about that. Um, I saw, you know, something special in him at the very beginning. Uh, so that's just an example of creating a good win-win relationship, you know, with an associate right off the beginning. I like that. And there's another model of uh, earmarking a piece of your 
uh, percentage of revenue that they are driving, earmarking it aside that sit in an escrow account, the same vehicle where there's money down to purchase one of your clinics or expand in your organization or go out on their own uh, 10 years later. So it, it, it gives them a piece, uh, a nest egg that they can use for something where 1% of or 5% or whatever you do uh, put aside. And again, if they decide not to continue, then they lose that money down. If not, they have some kind of down payment. So yeah, I like those vehicles where over, they could see a vision over three, five, 10 years, helps build longevity in the office as well. Um, the other thing I, I recommend is that we make sure that we know their core values of what, how, they, how they're wired and making sure that we help them honor their values through their business relationship with us. So what are they trying to accomplish professionally and personally? And not just train a doctor, but develop a doctor. So a doctor that is able to generate 30 grand a month in revenue is different than a doctor that can generate a million a year uh, in revenue. So you got to level them up and they want to be continually developed. Don't think you just train them on the first two weeks and be like, okay, uh, work, you know, absolutely and, not. Yeah. Right. They want to be developed and, and they, they enjoy that journey. As long as they're continuing to develop, I think you have a good win-win relationship. And also don't be afraid to open the door to conversation, meaningful, uh, high confront conversation about work economics, equity exchange in the relationship to make sure that everyone's feeling that there is a, a strong relationship. So I'm sure you have, over the years, you have some tough conversations sometimes or someone feels a certain way and you, you have an open conversation and build the relationship stronger, right? I mean, that's just part uh, of it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I had one doc that was looking to open a practice right down the street, signed a lease and was ready to leave. And was afraid to tell me and, and um, you know, my staff found out about it, told me about it. I said, Hey, want to have lunch with you today. And, you know, I pulled him in and I said, you know, what are you doing? I said, have I, have I paid you well? And he said, yes. Have I given you a good opportunity? Great, you know, environment, you know, we always update to the newest equipment, anything you've asked, you know, I've tried to provide to make your job as easy as possible. All I ask is that if you, if your PPF, like you mentioned, your personal, professional, financial goals, if they don't align, that's, that's fine. Just tell me about it. I mean, I will gladly, you know, give you recommendations and help you, uh, you know, go open wherever you want to open. And so we had a long conversation and, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, he came back and said, you know what, I don't think I want to take on all that, you know, stress and I just want to stay here. And he's like, I think I just wanted to inquire because I know I could do it. And I'm like, I know you could. And, you know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, where you want to be 10 years from now. And so you have to have those regular meetings and you have to talk about those things. You have to renegotiate sometimes contracts. And and um, I did it wrong at the beginning. You know, I was basing it based on uh, patient visits and in other, you know, quantity because I, I that's just where I came from, high volume and and. Now I do it more on quality and outcomes and just, uh, you know, more, you know, what hits the bank and is collected. So it doesn't matter the case type or if they sell a pillow or a vitamin, you know, they're, they're getting a piece of everything. And, and uh, we create a win-win, especially when you have multiple docs in the same office. So I think those are very important uh, conversations uh, to have along the way. And you will 
renegotiate uh, from time to time. But as long as you have your percentages and you know what your costs are and your employee cost doesn't go over that percentage, then you have some room to get creative. And my advice to you, if you have associates, uh, first off, open the door for those conversations. Second off, don't make decisions during the conversation. If you're unsure, you got to look at your business model. You got to make sure that the relationship can be maintained. But as Dr. Dahmer said, if their personal, professional, or financial goal is it can't be met within the context of what you're able to provide, it's okay. Work together, make a plan together, honor uh, a separation if that's the best solution. But keep it uh, where we have a brotherhood uh, or a sisterhood in chiropractic that we 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 love this profession. I think I see too much negative relationship in that. And it just breaks my heart that uh, I, every practically every uh, associate I've ever had uh has been mentored me i mentor them after when they left to guide them and help them on their journey and it feels good to be able to keep relationships even when there's not full alignment on some of the future things so if you're in practice just plan on that um and and plan on uh not only like i said not only training but plan on developing that's a key component of making sure that there is a good equity exchange in the relationship they want experience they want your scar tissue. They want an easier, uh, uh, a better systematic way of delivering the care with all of the uh, infrastructure of the clinic. Um, awesome. Um, so g- give me some thoughts on opening, like doctors that are looking at op- opening multiple clinics. You went from one to six. Was that over a short journey, a long journey? Uh, because again, we have people that are in their second and they're like, what does the future look like? Uh, well, let me ask you this question. Which one was the hardest? The second? definitely the second definitely the second you know and and, you know once you do the second the third was a little bit easier and then after that it's like okay you know let's let's go four five and six came you know within a year and a half and so um you know you know how to scale you know how to hire you you're not afraid to take that risk i think the biggest scariest thing is you know what if i hire this associate doctor open a second practice i'm in between two offices we build a volume that I can't possibly see myself and they leave, right? And and what are you going to do? And um, that's always a scary thing. The, the other scary thing is what if I can't afford them? Um, I bring them on and have this salary and extra overhead. I have to hire another CA and, and then, um, you know, how long am I going to have to float this doctor before it's profitable and I pay back my investment? So those, those are the parts that you really have to plan for. Um, and just create backups. Uh, I would say the first thing is you get with your marketing team and you do a waiting list practice and you figure out how to pre-launch this associate doctor that you're bringing on. Um, you know, the two that I just brought on before they even started. I mean, realize credentialing takes a little while too. If you're in, in you know, with insurance, you got to talk to your credentialing team. How long is it going to take to get them on the uh, plans that you're on? Because um, at the beginning, it'll just be cash and maybe personal injury, something like that. So you want to you want to start at least three months ahead of time um, and doing some interviews with this associate that you can put on your uh, you know social media. You build up their profile on your website. Uh, you start to have them uh, be an exam doc and do screenings in your community. And all of a sudden, you build up a waiting list of new patients that are ready for the opening day. And it will make it a lot easier to uh, be profitable early in the first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days um, and then sail from there. 
you know, and then you just continue to, you never stop interviewing um, because you'll get better at interviewing. You'll create backups. You'll find docs that maybe won't be a good fit full time, but they'd love to be a fill in doc for you just in case, you know, something happens, you have some backup there. And then eventually you replace yourself if that's your goal and become, you know, phase two and working on your business instead of in it. Um, eventually, as you multiply, it's it's very necessary. I, I stopped seeing patients about three years ago and, and just became a clinic director. And so my job is to, you know, train and, um, you know, lead the group forward and keep bringing new services and, um, you know, things that I couldn't do when I was seeing, you know, 350 people a week. So uh, what do you think uh, to make the next office? Do you have a parameter of saying like 30% margin or X dollars of uh, free cash flow on the last clinic in order to open? Do you have a marker that you would say like someone's in their first clinic, they're eyeing the second, they're doing, they're doing really well and they're wondering, am I ready for that second one? Do you have uh, something in your mind that you would say, don't jump until X? Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's important. I mean, I have a goal to pay the clinic off in two years or less, you know, whatever uh, build out equipment um, that we've put into it. And uh, as long as I've paid off 50% of my initial investment, then I will launch the next one. The other thing that's important for me is I've always wanted to be within a 15 you know, minute radius. Our, we're in three counties. We have two offices in each county. And every time we open another office, our overhead drops because I get on the radio and I talk about, you know, our clinics, it goes across all six locations. So that $250 investment on the radio now is split six ways. Uh, we have a full-time marketer that goes around and markets to attorneys and doctors and does events, health fairs, those type of things. And we'll have, uh, you know, she just did the Manatee Festival as a two-day event. She you know, signed up 20 new patients, they ended up being dispensed between three clinics. So my marketing cost goes down, my billing cost goes down, because now my billers are, you know, taking over and splitting. Uh, and then the admin cost, your regional uh, manager goes down. So I think that you, when you have a bigger footprint, also, you'll have, we're north of Tampa in Florida, and there's a lot of attorneys in Orlando, Tampa, even Miami, that are marketing all over the state of Florida and they look and they see, wow, there's this Royal area, you know, they look us up and we're getting referrals that we never would have got before. So, you know, when I launch and I look 50%, you know, uh, paid on the clinic that we open, make sure that we have a certain amount of profit margins. And then we launch the next one and I try to keep it in that area also for staffing reasons, because sometimes we'll bring up a, a manager in the office and say, listen, we're going to be launching. How would you like the opportunity, you know, to be promoted and go be the point person in this launch? Um, and it's worked out really well that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, awesome. Great conversation. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate what we do with this profession. I love that you're a, a principal doc building big business. A lot of people think when you're the principal doc, uh, there's a stereotype that the business is separate, the people that do business and be principal. But I, I, I love meeting principal doctors that are doing amazing things and building abundant businesses because that's what this profession needs. So thanks for all you do for the profession, the way you treat your doctors and the business uh, insights that you provided everyone. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Doc. Awesome. Pleasure being here. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by Align Life Chiropractic and Natural Health Centers. 
If you're interested in creating your dream practice or want to know more about Align Life, go to alignlifepodcast.com.